Sunday pour, we are back. Monday night, a lot to get into from the weekend. Disaster in Fenway. Uh, I mean, that's the main topic, but I'm sure we could uh, find some other things. I drank some Hornitos on Sunday. Finally wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to do the research, yeah, for sure. It's tequila. It is tequila. It does the trick, I'll tell you that. <laughs> all right, that's good. We'll go, that, that sounds like an A-plus a, a grade. Can't say I'm a tequila connoisseur, yeah. but uh, most of what I know, I'd say 95% of what I know about tequila is margaritas, and uh, it, did, it served its purpose. Uh, really you, can't, you can't really ask for more than that if, it, if it's tequila. That's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, um, a results business, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know if it's making a comeback or if it's just making its first appearance, but it seems like it's a sponsor everywhere. I turn the Mets game right now. Hornitos was on the uh, backstop. I think Yankees have it as a sponsor. It's all over the place. Yeah, it's like I the premium sausage. It's everywhere. Yeah, I don't know who's behind the uh, Hornitos push. I mean, I guess the Hornitos, Hornitos people are, but uh, it has been everywhere. I think, do we see the NBA too? I feel like we saw it everywhere. We've seen it everywhere for months. Maybe it seems like great. it's a good business to get into. Detach your name if you're a famous person. Uh, hornitos in general or just booze? No, tequila. Oh, yeah. People love the tequila. Clooney. Doesn't Clooney have a tequila? Sure. I think Cheech, Marin, I think Cheech Marin has a tequila. Sammy Hagar. Makes sense. A-Rod have a tequila? It's probably terrible. He does. I would never drink it, but he probably does have one. <laughs> it's one of those things, man. I don't know. Turtle was the first one to get in on it. It was. Turtle started it all on Entourage back in the day. Do you he did any, start it. Do you have any uh, emotions over watching like one of your least favorite people get dumped by JLo only to get only so she could start dating one of your other least favorite people? Yeah, it's a mixed, it's a it's a mixed bag, that one. Like, part of me loves seeing, like, knowing how it's killing A-Rod inside is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But then knowing that Affleck got over on him, that's, you know, so it's hard for me to fully enjoy what's going on. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I don't know how A-Rod's going to – I mean, A-Rod, it's his move. I don't think he has a move. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it really has to be, like, a 19-year-old – like right, but if it's some nineteen-year-old, she could be the hottest chick in the world, and, and not, not everyone's gonna care about her the, the oh, way yeah. they do J Lo. Well, he's not. It's not gonna he, put him back. It's not gonna put him back on the map. There's nobody you could date. Nobody that would date him. I don't think that whatever that would outdo like J Lo, just celebrity wise. It's amazing enough that he landed J Lo. Yeah. I mean, she's a little crazy, but it's still. Yeah, because he's such a fraud. He's so stiff and he's a goof and he's like, I don't know, he's just not, he's not charismatic in the least bit and he's not really funny and he's not a lot of qualities other than being just really famous and really rich and being very good at a game that he hasn't played in 10 years. Which would work for a lot of women. You just wouldn't think it would work for someone who's as famous as Jayla who does not need. Agreed. A-Rod. And she learned it a little too late that she didn't need him. She probably knows she doesn't need anybody, really. 
just whatever she's feeling. Right. It is Jenny from the block. It is weird that here we are, the two of them are going out again. Like they've both been through so many other boyfriends and girlfriends. I don't know, married a couple of times, I'm sure, both of them. And then Jennifer, uh, what's her face? Jennifer Garner, yep. Jennifer Garner, yeah. And then uh, here, here we are. Like it was uh, twenty years ago, whatever, whatever it was. It's, it's crazy. Are they going to are they going to do Geely too? Has that joke been made already? <laughs> I'm sure it's been made already, a, but it I, feels very high schoolish. What's that? Like just getting back together after so much time and like. But I don't know. It's tough because J Lo's so huge still after all these years. But it's like a high school move by Affleck. Like trying to go back to his glory days when he was with J Lo, captain of the football team. Yeah, but J Lo hasn't, hasn't lost a step. Usually, like usually that's the problem. Usually, like the head cheerleader is, uh, you know, she might have a couple of kids of her own, but she didn't. She didn't recover like J Lo recovered. No, not even close. No, so not even so, close. It's not quite the same. I, I get what you're saying, but it's a little different when it's her. And he's been through some shit. Did he go to rehab? He's in rehab. He played Batman. He uh, won an Oscar. Did he win an Oscar for directing or was nominated for another? Argo. I think, he, I think he, well, they won Best Picture. I know that. I don't know if he won the Oscar for director, though. They got they got pic they got pictures taken of them with like Dunkin' Donuts and stuff. People love that. It's a big they thing. recreated the photo from like twenty years ago. Oh, I didn't click on it. I did see it. I'm like, I'm not falling for this. Oh yeah, there was. A, I think they were in like a music video or something. Was that a music video? I think it was her music know. video. Yeah, her music video. Yeah, yeah. They recreated the photo. People love that shit. Were they in more than one movie together, or was it just Geely? Is there another one? Were they in a Kevin Smith movie together? Or is that the same movie? Uh, uh, I mean, Affleck was in Kevin Smith movies. I don't know if J-Lo ever was. Got it. J-Lo do... Mm, I'm going to say no. Jersey Girl? Was uh, she in that? Was that Jersey the one? Girl. Or was that a different one? Who the hell was in... Affleck was in Jersey Girl, wasn't he? Liv Tyler. That was the girl? Yeah. Oh, no, J-Lo. Yeah, you're right. Nailed it. J-Lo. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Okay, yeah. George Carlin. Jason Biggs. Man, so they, really just made, cast. they really just made a couple movies and then dumped, and dumped each other. That was it. I don't know. I mean, you could have told me they dated for four months or four years back in the day. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you no i could yeah i have no idea well whatever here's to the captain of the football team i guess yeah it's fucking washed up captain of the football team <laughs> piece of shit i was just watching uh for a few minutes i was just watching um they're doing the documentary about like the writing of the story on harvey weinstein yeah Morgan Farrell like wrote the story and all this kind of shit and then after it published I guess like so the, it's the second episode started off as the second episode but the episode I was watching started with Ronan Farrell interviewing the guy who was following him like as part of the team that Harvey Weinstein had hired to have to have a tail on Farrell why why did they want to tail Farrell 
I guess it was just kind of get an idea of his sources and that kind of stuff. Nothing. Not, this not is yet. while Harvey was still a free man. Yeah. Yeah. This okay, was like, so where, he was. Like, was where, who does Ronan? Who does Ronan Farrell write for? Well, he works for NBC, I think, but they passed on the story. So the the article came out uh, through the New Yorker. NBC passed on the story. Okay. Yeah, I didn't quite they, get why. I'm sure because it's just such a hot topic. They didn't want to deal with it. I, I, I'm assuming that's what it was, but I didn't really see that part of like why they passed on it. Any political, political reasons why they could have passed on it? I mean, it could have been. Harvey had a lot of pull. I don't know if it was political, yeah. in my, political in that world, maybe, but not like not like politics, like uh, American politics. I don't think. Yeah. But I was but so the so it was pretty cool. So he's interviewing the PI, that was like the guy hired, or like he was worked for the company that was hired to follow him. Mm-hmm. And it's and I was like, it's, it's, that's always like one of those jobs. They need like a fantasy camp so you could have, like, try that job out one time in your life. Just try it. Just be a guy who tails somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, just be that guy. Like, what a fucking cool job that is. And of course, I'm watching here. I am 38 years old, have a career. And I'm like, I wonder how you get into that business. Like, and the guy's talking about how he got into the business. And he's like, oh, the guy showed me the ropes, how to tail somebody, how to, uh, you know, go undetected, this and that, you know, how to gather information. I'm like that seems like a great program. <laughs> Can I get yeah, it? I would imagine that job is you kind of go under someone's wing, kind of like Ray Donovan with Ira. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, somehow he got this guy got in touch with somebody that happened to be Ukrainian, uh, which is what he was look. He's Ukrainian. He was living in America. And he just wanted kind of to find somebody that was from his country or you know some kinship. And I guess somehow we stumbled across this guy who's a private investigator and, and like they became buddies and then he showed him the ropes and stuff. Right. Yeah. A little bit of street smarts. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, some balls and uh, you're all set. It's t- not a, not an easy gig. No, no. I mean, if you get busted, you got to take the cyanide pill, right? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless, it's, unless you're just falling Ronan Farrell, like, probably not. That's probably like an easy. That's probably one of the easier gigs. I follow like a journalist. Like yeah, you're like, not really in any danger following yeah. Ronan Farrow, I would think. Yeah. Right now, I'm not calling him like a pussy or anything, but he's not turning around and like shooting you because he caught you. You know what I mean? That's, that's no, like, he's not hiring like anybody either. Yeah, if you're right, exactly. You're but pretty protected there. If you're following, you know, some two-bit gangster or drug dealer or something like that, then you got some problems. If you get nabbed. What would be the best way to go about following somebody? So, yeah, switch up cars. Uh, well, you just got to keep your distance. And I, I would guess it's not too bad if the person doesn't suspect that somebody might be following him. If you're, if you're somebody who's paranoid in that whatever business you're in and you're always kind of looking. Like, so this guy, the private investigator, when he first met Rona Farrow, like had him go to a specific restaurant, like meet me at this restaurant, then called him while he was at the restaurant, told him, like, I saw you, you're wearing this and this, but I got to be sure you weren't followed. So you're going to leave the restaurant. You're going to walk this way, walk against traffic, you know, so obviously no car can follow you. 
yeah. and then you're going to go to this other restaurant. I'm just going to be sure nobody follows you. Oof. That's wild. Restaurant. Yeah. So he was meeting one of his source, one of his sources. Well, I, 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 again, I didn't watch the whole thing. So I think, I think what happened was, I don't know if the guy didn't really want to be part of it because it was like for Weinstein or what, but the guy worked for the company and ended up telling, it looked like he ended up telling Ronan like what was going on. Like he was being hailed and stuff. Kind of ratted out his own group or something. Or I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't want to characterize him as a wreck. Cause I don't know exactly what happened, but I mean, he's talking to the guy he's supposed to, he's supposed to be tailing. So has this story dropped yet? I mean, it's on HBO right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's an HBO gig. All right. Yeah. yeah. Did not realize that. Well, anything, anything new you saw about Harvey that we haven't seen? I feel like once you get, once a story like comes out about you jerking off into a plant, like what else is there? <laughs> oh, this was more about like uh, getting the, the story published, not really about the salacious details of that scumbag's uh, crimes. You know, so it was more about getting the getting the work out. How they kind of fact checked it? Had they go to? Had they go to? They had to go to all the victims. They had to go to Harvey's team. Like how the lawyers handled it. Like there was one story like where uh, Harvey was on the line with a New Yorker with all his lawyers there. And they're like, he was about to kind of admit something. And yeah. he just started like click. And like there's like a had to be one of the lawyers just hung up because they knew he was about to say something he shouldn't say. So then he was like, then they called back. <laughs> and like the guy was like, I know what to say. So I was like, well, like, we lose you there. I kind of making light of it. Like knowing yeah. full well that the lawyer hung up on him. But um, no, nothing really new about it um, the, the wild thing about this whole like me too culture uh-huh. is that the two like guys who are always like you always hear about somebody uh getting accused of something and you're like well at least it's not weinstein right yeah or at least it's not cosby right, right. yeah so cosby and weinstein are the two examples yeah. for like the worst person you could be male wise at least Male predator-wise. Yeah. And maybe and like one Larry, of, one Larry of the, Nasser. Larry Nasser, okay. Yeah. Honorable mention. <laughs> Dishonorable mention, yeah. And, uh, and one of those guys is roaming free. Yeah. I mean, you know how charismatic Bill Cosby is? He had his fake wife defending <laughs> him on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. That's how good this guy is. Yeah. Felicia Rashad, come on. Are, is she still married to Ahmad? I would assume so. Doesn't he have to be like, oh, easy? No, you're like, crazy. Like, you better have, I mean, come on. It's one thing for his own wife to go to bat for him, but. So, some situations, I can know like you've known him forever, but some situations, and I know it's hard for people who are friends with these people to kind of admit that they're scumbags and criminals, right? Because yeah. with somebody you knew, you know, you'd like to think you're loyal to that person too, but I mean, it's sometimes just better to keep your mouth fucking shut, Felicia. Right. If I really thought someone was getting like, nah, like he would never do that, I would still keep that out of writing, yes. just in case. Yep. <laughs> I don't want anything coming back to me if this guy ends up being found guilty of uh, 37 counts of whatever the fuck. Keep it out of writing, man. Like, have a discussion with your wife in private. Be like, I don't know. He's a good guy. Don't put it on Twitter. 
Yeah, just because he played with your kids like forever ago doesn't mean that he's not a criminal or a good, you know, or it doesn't mean he's a good guy either. I don't know. It's, yeah. It is, it's just, it's not smart. It's trying to be loyal in the wrong time and the wrong place for the wrong fucking guy. On the wrong platform. Um, Twitter.com. Completely wrong platform for it, yeah. At least do it from your burner, Felicia. Come on. (laughs) I mean, what do you... Not Felicia Rashad. Yeah. Um, I blame Ahmad. He's got to get in there and be like, you can't be putting that on the internet. Well, they might up. be divorced, actually. I don't know. You you asked about following people, right? Yeah. So when I was in high school, this is one of my failed schemes. When I was in high school, okay. there was a kid that ran like the boxes. Not the boxes, but he, he had the slips. For the for the football, okay. And it was uh, you pick I forget exactly what it was, but you pick every game, right, on a Sunday. Divorce in two thousand one, by the way. It's been twenty years. She still goes by Felicia Rashad. I'm mad off the hook. Yeah, well, I hope she's as loyal to her real, you know, first husband than uh, <laughs> the fictional one. Jesus, Ahmad's probably like, what the fuck? I got Wait, the boot for way less than that. If I was a little bit older, I'd be excited to hear that Felicia Rashad is on is uh, you know. Is single, ready, ready to mingle, and and has pretty low standards apparently. I mean, yeah, seriously, Ahmad is uh, divorced twice. I don't know about Felicia though. All right, so twenty years. I I, I figured they weren't together, but you know, the romantic in me was hoping they were still going she, strong. Well, she, still goes, she still goes by Felicia Rashad though. I don't think she ever remarried. Okay, so she's kept the name. She had a, she had a first husband, uh, Victor Willis. So. You know, she wasn't going by Felicia Willis for, uh, too often. <laughs> what you talking Whoever about? Whoever this guy was. <laughs> oh, wait, who is this guy? Stood no chance against... Uh... Wow, she was married to the founding member of the village people. Whoa! What? Man, so maybe maybe, maybe uh, Ahmad was a step down. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He was the naval officer in the village people. Wow. How many villages were there? Six? Uh, Indian. Cop, firefighter. Cop. Was a construction guy in there? Uh, there might, might not have been a firefighter. Construction guy. And there was the leather guy. There, leather man. He just wore leather. Four, four, five, or six? I don't know. Taking a Wayne's Road, say, too. I'm going to say four, yeah, because of Wayne's Road, too. It's exactly <laughs> why I'm saying four. I think there was more. I think there was at least five and maybe six. Yeah, I don't know that the village people to me, uh, they not. They have like what two songs, like not Macho Man and uh, YMCA. That's it. Yeah. So it's a weird. It's just a weird time for in me. the Navy. Oh yeah, in the Navy. That's probably a Navy guy. I think that's them. I could be wrong about that. Couldn't I mean what I a what a like interesting concept. Like where does that come about? I would watch a documentary on the village people just to know how that came about. It can't be that long of a documentary. It'd be like they got they took too many drugs and were gay. It can be a half hour. <laughs> okay. With, with I, commercials. I watched the thirty minute one for sure. I just want to know how that came about. All right. Oh, look, we'll have to look into it. We'll have to do a Village People special. An emergency podcast in the Village People. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. All right, I won't spend too much time on the Wikipedia page. I'll wait for the doc. All right. Maybe we'll have to do it. Maybe we'll have to produce the Village People doc. Maybe that'll, that'll be our uh, documentary film debut. <laughs> the, the, the Village People doc. All right. I like it. I don't know. I couldn't name one guy, but. Well, until well, now. You have Gordon Willis. Willis. What's his name? What's his first name? Victor. Big Victor Vic Willis. Willis. I mean, you got that angle right there. The guy married one of the most famous uh, women of the 80s. Right. Hopefully we can reach her for comment. Would you like to comment about your first ex-husband? I should be like, that piece of shit? Like, oh, what did he yeah. do? <laughs> what did he do? Yeah. Hair around the sink. Constantly. <laughs> Never put the toilet seat down. Yeah. A, real, a real piece of shit. Not like that class act that played my husband on TV. Yeah, he was a doctor. He delivered babies. <laughs> He's a great father, the Rudy and Vanessa. And that's it, not the Theo or uh, anybody else. No, no, no. Give a shit about Theo. Oh, so um, let, me let me tell you what this kid was doing the uh, the slips, right? Yep. And so, like, he told me, like, what he did, what he did with the money. He's like, for some dude. And he said he'd, like, take the money and, like, drop it off in the guy's, like, backyard or something. They got a, a place to drop it in the guy's backyard. Yeah. But me and my friend had this bright idea to follow him and just rip him off. Like, see where he went to drop it off, go in the back and scoop it, right? Figured it was, you know, easy pickings. So we had sure. a, we, we actually did like a stakeout, waited for him outside. I don't know if he worked at this like restaurant or we knew he was going to be there or something. But we waited for him to leave. We tailed him out of there. Uh, and then he just never went to the guy's house. He just had him going home or something. Maybe you got made. No, I don't think so. This kid wasn't that bright. He sent something was up. No, I don't think so. He wasn't that bright. No way. No way he had those. You instincts. may have gotten off lucky because that's like, that's like the beginning of Atlantic City. They rip off the coke out of the phone booth. I think he got lucky, to be honest with you. You know, you wouldn't have uh, been scared of the guy. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea what we would have done. It was in the guy's backyard. I it's really actually Popo Greenwich Village shit too. Really, I guess. Yeah, trying to. Uh... It would have gotten back to you. How many people did he tell about the drop? Oh yeah, probably would have gone right back to me. He definitely. I don't know. This plan. Well, you're lucky. This plan fell through. This kid. This kid had a big mouth, man. It couldn't just been me. This kid had a big mouth. He had it coming. They still would have narrowed it down. They would have figured out who knew what, who's well, in the area at this time. No, I wouldn't. Uh... See, I did it with a kid from another school. So I would have, he would have taken the cash. Uh -huh. I would have like just clammed up. I don't know anything. I was doing something else that day. Sat on it for a little bit. Don't buy anything flashy. No, no, no. Or Cadillacs or nothing, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe his father. I think, I think my, you're my, better off. The, the father. I, my guess now, think, looking back on it, the kid's father probably ran it. He ran the slips. The kid's dad was a lot cooler than him, yeah. Yeah, it's probably, probably a safe bet. Yeah. We see a lot of that. It's a family business. Yeah, then he should have taught his kid to keep his mouth fucking shut. Unless he was just feeding me a line of shit, of course. 
which uh, on the other he hand, absolutely fine. could have been doing that also. Yeah. yeah, been talking about a drop that didn't really exist. Yeah, but it was fun doing the stakeout and shit. And I was like back in the day, so we we're smoking cigarettes in the car for an hour, you know, just waiting. <laughs> like we were, yeah, right. you're like uh, Emilio Estevez and uh, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> that another stakeout? Is that the name of this? Yeah, exactly. Another stakeout. <laughs> well, I think there was two. Another stakeout was the sequel. Oh, okay. Okay. They brought Rosie O'Donnell in and Dennis Farina in for that one. <laughs> I don't remember that one at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the one I remember, the sequel, for sure. Wow. Well, I really would have liked to rip this kid off. Piece of shit that he was. It's not too, not, it's not over yet. No, I got time. <laughs> you got time. Money's on me. He's not in your rear view mirror yet. Uh, I'm in his. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The human foot is disgusting, I'll tell you. Oh, Just looking at it now. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I think your foot is like a good 15, 20 years older than you are. Especially if you're like an athlete of any kind. Or any point of your life. You're just constantly pushing off, running, twisting yeah. the ankle, bending it back, pushing off of it. Toes are all effed up. Yeah, it's no good. Good 15, 20 years older than the, the, the rest of the body. Would you do it's, – it's, it's probably a pretty good estimate, 10 years, you know, minimum. Would you do uh, one of those – uh, like pedic like those serious pedicures, like the foot softener, like scrub everything, get all the dead skin off there, soak it in whatever kind of salt water they use. I thought about scrub, it. Scrub everything off, get them get them fresh. I've thought about it, but it's like I don't know. The foot take how, how long is your foot gonna last? It's like it's going right back into the wild after that. Is it worth it? Well, I, I mean, also I also feel like. I don't know. I would feel so bad for the person who had to do that to me. It'd be, I mean, it makes me think of Dumb and Dumber. You know, when they take out the – what do they take out? The blade? Oh, electric, yeah. like, saw to do yeah, his yeah. toe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would just – it's not – my feet aren't that bad. But, I mean, Jesus, they, like, rub off the, all the dead skin. It's 30-plus years of dead skin. I never had a pedicure. Right. So, probably – you ask how often you probably once every 30 years and you're good. I, I might get one just for the show now that we've talked about it. Kill some time. Maybe I'll get it in like February. Yeah. Post, slow. Yeah. Treat yourself post Super Bowl. Post Super Bowl before March Madness. I'll go get a pedicure just so we can fill like 20 minutes. <laughs> it might be. This might just do it for the show. I just like, I don't know if I could do it. I don't, I don't know if I want anybody touching my feet. Like yeah. I'm, the only thing worse than touching someone else's foot would be having them touch my foot. It would be. I mean, they're using nice gels and stuff. It probably feels good. You know, they're professionals. Yeah. You got to go to the right place. I guess. I mean, you definitely don't want a guy touching it, though. That's. No. No. <laughs> would you do, would be you... like a, nice, a woman with firm hands. Would you do the male masseuse, though? Push comes to shove? I'm not really a massage guy. Okay. I feel like I'd be uncomfortable getting one from a woman, too. I, I don't know. Putting that aside. Yes. If you were in the market for a massage, you strictly, won't strictly have to be a woman? I mean, yeah. I, would, I think I'd have to go woman. Right? I mean, oh, I feel – see, I don't know. Because if you ask a woman, they would say, ah, I don't care. 
they would give the right answer, the mature answer. I think a massage goes either way. You could go. You could have a guy. Mas- yeah, it depends so. what kind. Of, I think the fact that you're like you're like exposed makes it different. Yeah, like if you were just like if you were an athlete, these guys are all getting rubbed down by men. Yeah, the guy's good, man. I mean, you're you're not in there for uh, you know any kind of kicks. You're in there to get your back straightened out. Right. This is not a brothel. We're we're yeah. running this under the assumption it's not a brothel. Right. Yeah. It's not a Robin Tuck. Yeah. I think it, I think it's I think it's because I'm just not a big massage, massage guy. guy. I'm sure yeah. they have benefits, working out the kinks and whatnot. It's just yeah, I've yeah. never really. It is something I've tr- I've tried to not massage, but stretching. They say to do that when you get older. Mm-hmm. Terrible at it. I, I never stretched before the gym or anything. It is something you should incorporate into your. Every day. Yeah. You know, yeah was, we see all the hamstrings. We see all these hamstring pulls. I was, I was, <laughs> well, I was doing yoga like a year ago every day, but that was because my back was all fucked up, but I haven't done it since. So you just did it until the back was better and you said, fuck it? I just got, got out of the habit, basically. I was like, oh, I'll, call, I'll come back and do another, you know, and I just never went back to do it. It, it was just, good, though. How, just wait till how, your back hurts again. Probably the wrong way to go about it, but yeah, that's where I am right now. Yeah, no, I could see that. That's how it works. Well worth it, though. I re- highly recommend it, though. I should, I should do it without uh, yeah. 15 minutes a day. I'm going to do yoga one day. It's good for you, man. 15, 20 minutes, that's it? I think, yeah, I think it was a 20-minute video, yeah. Okay. There's some so you're, not, you know, you're not doing no hour session? No, 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 no. Just to get the back going kind of open it up a little bit this hippie chick was there meditating involved no uh maybe like a, maybe like a second or two it wasn't like for meditating you know getting a good space or something i remember you know, like how deep, much of it was like, like cliche yoga what you'd expect from it like, uh, j- like just a lot of hand folding and like eyes no no just the um the the person was total cliche of what you'd, what you'd expect like running it Completely like, yeah. like uh, I don't know, Southern California hippie, like you know, what do you? I don't know, like tofu. Yeah, she eats. She eats elderberries for like. Yeah, I mean, you just, you, as you, a snack. Yeah, you just got that feeling. That's what she was. But I mean, the moves were exactly what I needed. So I kept going back to her like every day. Same video, yeah. just constantly. Uh, but yeah, completely, completely stereotyped. Uh, the host there, we rock the. Using YouTube to your advantage. That was a YouTube video, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I look at some of those sometimes. Not the yoga one. There's like this ad video. You got to use them to your advantage. That's, you what That's what they're there for. Use the internet to your advantage. Yeah. Use it for good sometimes, too. Yeah. Use <laughs> <laughs> My dog had uh, surgery today. Oh, no. Kind of surgery. So I don't. You probably never heard of a dewclaw. No. It's basically a six-digit on your back paw. Oh, I think I don't. Okay, I know what it is. They kind of flap yeah, around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I never knew about it. I had dogs my whole life. Never knew about this. And I, I guess the old it. usually they yeah usually they get uh usually they get it taken off at birth or not at birth but you know three days old around there. Uh-huh. 
but with this they didn't do they didn't do that to my dog so we decided to do it so we, we picked her up like after the surgery and she's all like loopy on drugs <laughs> all right coming coming out of it yeah <clears throat> and i could just like like i could see it in her eyes like what the fuck <laughs> like when it when is this gonna be over was she like now, scared like uh probably a little bit yeah mm. probably a little bit but it was just like one of those like looks like what what is this what's going on what is real life yes yeah yes it's like an edible basically yeah, yeah so she's a little <laughs> bit of a fog you're saying yeah i mean listen we've <laughs> we've all been on edibles some of us more recent than others where you just <laughs> There's no end in sight. How did, how and, you know, did she, and you're the dog who just came out of surgery. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I did not sign up for this. And how, how did she handle it for the rest of the afternoon? Like, uh, I mean, she's still pretty loopy. Still now? I, they said like 48 hours. It could be. 48 hours? Yeah. Please. I, mean, I, I would expect less than that. Four to eight or 48? 48. Holy Until you get back to like your yourself. Oh man, that's uh, that's a pretty long time. Hey man, dogs. dogs don't uh, you know, they don't pass the drugs quickly. They don't. It slows down their digestive system too. So what you do? Drink a lot of water now? Yeah, I mean she's not drinking any water, but yeah, that's probably the best action. Water, man, that is a what a godsend. It is, man. Hydrate. It goes for people and dogs, apparently. <laughs> Have you been watching any of the Olympics yet? I haven't. Nothing, nothing at all? Uh, I mean, we watched at my house the other night some uh, volleyball, I think. Yeah, the volleyball. USA versus France. Volleyball didn't really do it for me. I watched a little bit today, too. Not, I like volleyball, too, but I'm not impressed by the play. It doesn't seem very Olympic. I used to, my stepfather used to play in a men's league volleyball. And I used to go to the game sometimes. That was probably more entertaining than the volleyball I watched what, in the Olympics. What were the uh, teams like? Was it uh, four and four? Or three? Uh, I think it four. was, no, I think it was at least five or six on each side. Oh, yes. That's six, only six. like a full front row and a full back. If I had to guess, I'd say six. six three front, sense. three back. Yeah. Six makes sense because you could, you could fire it around and there's always going to be, not always, but you could. There's be a lot of, lot of uh, room for like saves and returns and stuff. Like yeah, six on six. Pretty competitive league, and I'll say this: unlike softball, like you got to kind of know what you're doing if you're going to play volleyball. What do you mean? I like in or, like these guys, they, when they and this was a men's league, so I mean nobody yeah. was that great. But like these guys would do the legit like bump, set, yeah. spike. Oh yeah. I feel like that's something you got to work at a little bit. Like if we just got four other guys and played volleyball, it would take us a little bit to be able to. I think the timing is probably a little bit. I like kind of know where people are going to be. That's that's probably the most. I could. I could sure. jump in, I could, yeah, I could jump in tomorrow and play some volleyball. I was. You think so? I was decent in high school. Yeah. Was there a team? Uh, I don't know if we did intramurals or. <laughs> I mean, it's going to sound so stupid, but it was just like in gym class. Yeah, we used to play volleyball. Was always a good gym day. We took it pretty seriously. My gym class. Oh yeah, 
Oh, gym class, yeah, for sure. Man, and you get like you took it more serious than math. Yes, for sure. You get like you were sitting there. You were sitting there in math class, like gym was two periods away, and you were already thinking about your strategy. Oh yeah, I'm passing notes back and forth with uh, plays and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. That that's actually a good. uh, That's a good a good like uh, discussion favorite favorite gym favorite gym activities yeah it was that it was floor hockey and then fucking hockey was so good probably dodgeball going back to like elementary school now when you played dodgeball did you have a circle or did you have two teams on both sides okay we did multiple we did the circle we did two teams like dodgeball the movie style yeah we did uh like just kids against the wall or something like that, which seems just like a firing squad. <laughs> seems just like sitting ducks. But Were the kids able to catch the ball? I think so, yeah, but I forget how I forget how it worked. You caught it, you switched places with the person who threw it maybe? Yeah, because we used to call it bombardment once I got into like fourth and fifth grade. It was dodgeball only we called it bombardment. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, bombardment sounds familiar, but I don't – yeah. You catch it. You get someone on your team out of jail. It was all dodgeball to me, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's dodgeball. And I also grew up when I was younger with the – I don't know how the rules work, but there'd be a couple people in a circle, and you would just pelt them with balls. And I think if they caught your ball, maybe you had to take their place in the circle. Yeah, I love that. That was my favorite when I was, like, in fifth grade. Yeah. I love that. That was a good one. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Dodgeball all around. So that, is that the number one overall like gym sport, gym activity growing up? Well, hockey's pretty good. Yeah, ho- hockey was great. I, I don't know. Because I was hockey and volleyball when I was older. Dodgeball is when I being like much younger student. Also, kickball was great. Oh, fuck. I forgot about kickball. Kickball's a crazy kickball. That big red ball was a miracle maker. The maker of dreams or something. I got to think of something a little more poetic than that, but it was a beautiful ball. <laughs> that big red. I remember playing inside kickball sometimes. You have to just pouring, out, pouring outside, yeah. Oh, it was way easier to hit dingers. You were like, to just bang it off the wall. You felt like Marla in a League of Their Own. Damn bombs. Yeah. Ricochet, ricocheting off the walls. Yeah. This is fucking that gym, that gym arena plays small, man. Oh yeah. When you're playing kickball. Yeah, there's always oh, kids. Kickball might be number one now that you say that. There's always kids like trying to hit the ceiling, trying to hit the hoop, trying to hit the like kids that's not taking just trying to break something by playing kickball. Anything's better than the kid who just tries to like do the bunt. Oh yeah, don't bunt, don't bunt, don't do that. Yeah, that kid hit you hit in the head. <laughs> what is gym? What is I don't even know. What is like your son is in elementary school. What is gym? Do they still have dodgeball? Do they still like? What do they do? Uh, it's, it's, I can't go by like this year. It was all very strange. Oh, I don't know. There was basketball at some point. I know that. But I don't. I think they did do kickball at some point. But I don't know if that was recess or gym. I'm not sure. Kickball's um, a good one, man. Gets everyone involved. Yeah, I don't know if there's any rope climbing anymore. 
I didn't do rope rope climbing. Did you? Yeah, we had ropes. Yeah. Were you able to climb a rope? The one with the knots. Yeah. Oh, so you used to be able to get your feet kind of locked on yeah. top of them. Yeah, we had two in my gym. And one with one no knots, one knots. I don't know if I would have been able to do it. Do a rope. That's tough. That's upper body. I don't know if I went all the way to the top. I don't know why they'd want a fourth or fifth grader going all the way to the top of the gym. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. By the time I was there, by the time I got to whatever it was, elementary, middle school, high school, the rope was gone. That was a thing of the past. That's like 80s movies, bro. That's, uh, that's, that's like fast times, even though I'm pretty sure it's not a rope scene in that movie. <laughs> if you fell off that rope, all that was going to stop you was this, this mat that was harder than the actual parquet floor whatever the fuck was in there yeah there's no give on it there's no give on those mats filthy blue mats yeah those mats with ringworm from the fucking wrestling team (laughs) those mats were covered in those mats were filthy but nothing was worse than those pennies they made you wear oh yeah (laughs) disgusting like the yellow and blue. Oh, I'm going by my school's colors, but they'd give you two different colors, right? And you'd have to yeah. wear them. Your blue team, your red, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, you just switch them up. Yep. Terrible. He was dry to go shirts and skins at that point. I'd it's rather disgusting. Go, I'd rather go pants and no pants. Jesus, and all the fucking <laughs> pennies. My God, those things are atrocious. I mean, they just, yeah. smell, they just smelled like filth, like gym closet filth. Stale. They were just stale. Yeah, that's a great word. To, to, it's a, the exact word that fits it. I guess apparently across state lines, too. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're wearing dirty laundry. The dirtiest of laundry. Not yeah. like, oh, it's a day. Like, this hasn't been washed in six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not six weeks, not six days, six years ago. And that's probably <laughs> an underestimation. Yeah. And by the way, you're seventh period. So this is like the seventh person wearing this penny today. <laughs> What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Oh, just imagine people in your school you're sharing those things with. I mean, my, my, my first, in my first year of high school, man, I had – it was the best. I had gym the last period of the day. Oh, just what, go home what, after it. What year was that? My freshman year. Oh, okay. Nice. And then I think my sophomore year, polar opposite. It was like the first period of the day. Oh, I mean, it's, it's – Your attitude – your attitude just changes because it's all about self-preservation at that point. Like if you're sweating, yeah. if you're sweating in gym class on first period, you know you're just not going to talk to any girls the rest of the day. No, not nope. that I was yeah, talking to a bunch of them anyway, but my chances were a lot worse at that point. No. Bottom line is, if you could finagle your way into uh, last period gym class, that's the way to go. My senior- and we used to do. I don't know where you did with the way you did it, but we used to do. One week health class, one week gym class, which was the worst. Yeah, we didn't mix it up. You just had all gym. Yeah. We we um, went to a Catholic school, right? They didn't want you learning about that kind of stuff. (laughs) That was high school, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had health class in middle school, but it it was its own thing. It wasn't like uh, against gym. So so a baby come out of someone in health class. Fucking ninth grade or whatever the fuck a, it was. You a pregnant girl that gave birth in health class? That would have been awesome, but instead it was the goddamn video. Ugh. No warning whatsoever. Like, don't you think you should get like some sort of advisory, like 
turn away. I don't want to. Who wants probably, to see this shit? That's probably the point. So the girls can see what's going to happen if uh, they let scumbags like you get their way, you know? <laughs> well, remember the episode of uh, Family Bonds, the show on HBO, and they showed the daughter giving oh, birth? Oh, yeah. They ruined the whole show. Ended it's all the, I think about when I think of the show. It ended the whole show. I watched that. That was one season. I was completely into it. It was phenomenal. And that was the last scene of the last episode. I never wanted to see that show again. It was so much better than Dog the Bounty Hunter. It was a great show. It was a great show. I don't remember I anything about show. it, but I remember really. I wonder if it's on HBO Max. They probably got rid of it for that scene, bro. They don't put yeah. any uh, adult material on it. People. Why would you show that? Why would you agree to show that? Yeah, it was a guy's daughter. Like, what? Well, just don't. You think she got paid extra? Like, there's a market for yeah. births. I don't think she got paid extra. Shit. That's a wild thing to. I mean, imagine. I mean, that's taking reality TV to a. Ah, just thinking about it. Like, what are you doing? You can't. Uh, yeah, they can't. just want to see these guys like, like beat the shit out of some drug dealer that skips bail or something, you know, <laughs> and sign up for your natural birth. <laughs> intimate uh, moment, man. Come yeah. on, intimate moment. Get cancel, out of here. Cancel it that next minute. It's probably why the show got canceled. When I was a uh, senior in high school, I, I had um, gym class last period. And, mm-hmm. I was, and I was also captain of the baseball team. Uh, so they were just like, don't, don't bother. You got practice tonight? Just hang out. You're fine. Got a game tonight? Go ahead. You can leave early. We'll get ready for your game. Just let Load me. Load management? Making sure you didn't get hurt like a gym? It was the, uh, <laughs> the athletic director was my gym teacher. He was like, don't worry about it. You, 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 don't, you pass gym because you're, you're a student athlete, I guess. I don't know what his thinking was. But you're I, getting the pre- preferential treatment. Bro. Unfortunately, like, I missed one of the greatest kickball moments in world history is when uh, one of the kids I knew got trucked and his appendix burst. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I got to leave early that day and I missed it. I just had to hear about it. Never, lo- never left gym class again early. <laughs> no, well, I knew a peak, a gym class peaked at that point. That was, oh, a, that was the spring of my senior year, so it was probably like you know two weeks left or something. But, man, I don't never never had a gym injury like that. No, I don't think so. No, ambulance come? I assume so. It was pretty serious, man. Yeah, I don't even know, man. You gotta, you gotta how does your appendix burst? So how does that work? Uh, I don't know how it does. It doesn't, it's it's not like tonsils were like. Everyone, I don't even know if everyone gets their tonsils out. That's not right either. I mean, if he got if he got run into at top speed or not even top speed, but just the right like the right amount of uh, force, I guess I could do it. Because I mean, I've never heard that about that injury in your, football. Your pennant, have you? Like, well, those guys are tough guys. Uh, <laughs> that was a hell of a hit. This is this, this is like a kickball. Yeah, the, the kid ran, was ran right ran to first, and the kid I know was playing first base. Probably wasn't covering the base correctly. That's my guess. Usually the defender's fault. And then the, <laughs> the kid who probably weighed him by like two times just ran over him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ruptured it and had it, yeah, he got it yanked out. 
like that day. That is a hell of a hit. <laughs> yeah, safe. <laughs> what was the show that you used to, yeah, yeah, seriously. What was, the, what was the thing they used to have on Monday Night Countdown, jacked up? Oh, you got jacked up, for sure. Yeah. Jacked up. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, there it is, man. Well, be, be careful. Be careful out there. Kickball for our fourth grade listeners. That was 12th grade. <laughs> oh, wow. This is height? Oh, wow. Yeah, that was 12th okay. grade. All right. Well, I mean, I guess it goes for any age, really. You're not, you're not, you're not above your appendix bursting. No. I was no. with a kid in Vegas that had his appendix burst. Wow. Just like middle of the night, partying? <clears throat> I don't remember exactly. I think he woke up with kind of pain. And the rest of us were like kind of like shake it off. And he ended up in the ER, Vegas, appendix. Had to have, had to have it removed. Bottom left, you know, stomach, right? That's where it is. I believe so. Yes, and he came out that night after getting it removed. He yeah. didn't last too long. Yeah, he didn't last too long. He was like limping around. I mean, that's one of those things. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want my appendix. Uh, they open you happy up. Happy with my appendix. Do, you, do they open you up? Do you know, or is it like laser now? And he's going to destroy it. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. How do you destroy the appendix? I thought I had an appendix thing uh, the first day of school one year. I didn't go to I didn't go to school. Uh, it might have been my freshman year because I had like a like my like I was keeled over. I had the worst pain in my stomach, but end up it was on the, it was on the wrong side. And the doctor who was like this like I ended up going to the ER like later in the day because my parents didn't really believe in going to the doctors when you were sick unless you really had to go to the doctor. Yeah. So. Of course, I'm home all day, like in serious pain. And then around like three, four o'clock, I'm like, somebody's got to take me to the fucking hospital. Like, I'm, I can't do it. So they came home, they took me to the hospital, ER. And uh, I, I, the doctor brings me in, it's like a little Chinese guy. He's like, oh, it's not your appendix, uh, appendix on the other side. He's like, you could tell me, did you get into daddy's liquor cabinet last night? <laughs> I'm like, no, man. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't make, take it this far. I would. I don't want, I would never get caught. This guy was, was calling your bluff. He said, oh, you're just hung over. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm smarter than that, man. Like if I was, if you're hung over, the last thing you want to do is bring attention to it. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the, see a doctor. Yeah. I'm not going to make my parents, I'd go to school and just yak in the bathroom. What a shitty ass fucking doctor. So what, what, uh, what this ends up being? Gallstones? I, I don't know. Cleared up like that night. Like I felt fine. I went to school the next day. I have no idea what it was this day. It was I was keeled over. I couldn't move. Wow. Cramps? Yeah, it's a medical mystery. It is. Cramps? I don't know. I don't know. Nerves? My first day of school, like in a new... What the hell is this? Maybe you had a... Uh... What's, the, what's the thing called? Myo... Myopalgia? What's that? That's a complete butcher. When you think you're sick all the time, but you're not hypochondriac. Uh, no, it's something else. I'm just gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with my initial thing and say myopalgia. All right. Because then I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna read about it. But I don't know. I watched a TV show where someone had that. I think. If we're gonna Google anything, it's gonna be about the village people tonight. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No more more googling for. I also saw an asteroid is coming. 
it's going to luckily miss the Earth by like 2.8 million miles. Just a bit outside. Yeah. We sure it's an asteroid. A little bit of a misleading. It's a little bit of a misleading headline. They made it sound like it was closer than it was going to be. Fucking TMZ. They love doing that. (laughs) Um, Are we going to see it? Do you know? Can you see it from from Earth? That I do not know. Uh, All right. All right. And we already did our. We already did our. what do you call it? Armageddon episode. I think we, I think we broke down <laughs> asteroids pretty well. Are we sure it's an asteroid? Because it might be, uh, could be a spacecraft. You never know. A UFO. Aliens might be coming at some point. Yeah, the TMZ headline was enormous asteroid headed near Earth. <laughs> they released. They released it on a Sunday, so I mean they were just grasping for something. I heard. I heard somebody the other day. Uh, I read. Somebody tweeted the other day the question of what if what if UFOs are just other planets billionaires? <laughs> are other planets billionaires? Yeah, just doing like the uh, Richard Branson thing and the Jeff Bezos thing. Hey, uh, uh, not a bad not a bad theory. Not <laughs> against it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where to stand on UFOs. I'm not really – I don't really get too into it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you this much. This is where I stand on UFOs. I don't know anything about what people see down here, the videos and shit. I have no idea. I'm not going to begin to, to tell you I have a clue. But I do think there are – I do believe aliens exist. You're an alien guy. What, what, like what kind of are they like the cliche traditional uh, alien or? I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I'd, I mean, it could, like, here's the thing. I guess I don't think it's like in this galaxy, but they say there's galaxy upon galaxy upon galaxy here. There's got to be something out there. Just a law of averages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's got to be something somewhere. Who knows what it is? I mean, it could it could be a planet of dinosaurs. It could be a planet of just like. Uh, amoebas like it could be like little so you think there might be like if we end up in a black hole we could end up back where the dinosaurs are I mean, where they are in another i don't know I, who knows it could be a planet in a different stage of evolution man if you had like nothing going for you like no family or nothing like go get lost in space try and find another galaxy What's the I mean, worst that could happen? I mean, you got to like you got to be able to willing to live a little bit and possibly die. Most likely, <laughs> di- most likely die. Right, live a little bit by dying in space alone. Yeah, nowhere near humanity. Nowhere near humanity. I feel like astronauts are probably kind of loners by nature, anyways. No, thrill. I don't know. They're thrill seekers. I don't know. He, I, there's there people who have done crazy shit. Explorers. Explorers. Some of them Modern day explorer. Some of them were war heroes, right? That ended up just coming back and being astronauts. I guess if you're a war hero, you kind of just call your shot. Wasn't one of those guys a war pilot, like a World War whatever pilot? John Glenn? Yeah, was he a fighter pilot? He might have been. He was the first something in space, John Glenn. Yeah, see, for something. We got something it. with a monkey. He was also a U.S. Senator, John Glenn. 
Yeah, he was a Marine Corps aviator, engineer, astronaut, businessman, politician. Bingo. I mean, he didn't really have to go politician, but. Yeah, quit while you're ahead, John. Kind of spoiled, you know, spoiled. Once you get the Presidential Medal of Freedom, you could stay out of, uh, stay out of office. Yeah, but he was, uh, he was a pilot. The war heroes turned politicians make me, like, just question. Like, wouldn't being in the war make you really hate politics? Like, are you there to change politics? Or to kind of it's maintain the status quo? Yeah, I guess you're probably, that's probably what it is. Military family. They're just, they're all in. Yeah. That's probably. We're, we're always going to be at war and we're going to defend this country. Yeah. Me, I'm like, that's for someone else. I would, think, with, I would think that just being in war and seeing war and then like knowing the truth about why you're over there in the first place would make you like have pause about sending more people to do the same thing other places, you know, years later. I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying that there should be no war. I'm like, you know, obviously there's a time and a place, but the the war heroes who come back to become politicians and just kind of keep the status quo. I I got a question. What's going on? I'm, I don't understand it. Well, the the born on the Fourth of July, the cruise movie is about a real guy. I believe Ron Kovac, I think his name was, mm-hmm. and. He was, I mean, he had PTSD from fighting the war. I'm pretty sure he ended up in a wheelchair, lost his legs maybe, and he became an outspoken against war, anti-war guy. Yeah, yeah. So it does, it does happen. That I, that I get. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, like cleaning out my parents' house or my mother's house recently, uh, I came across a letter from my father's friend to him from Vietnam. And like I would never like betray the confidence, like but I did read it, and yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, my God, like it was, it, it was like heartbreaking. I and mean, the guy was, you know, over there just like longing to come, like thinking about every possible detail of home, and you know, talking in one paragraph about, uh, you know. Friends, I don't know if you talk about friends that you lost, but you know, just like the the, the missions and stuff like that. And the yeah. next time he was talking about going to Lighthouse Point when he got back and seeing like you know the girl he was dating or his fiance, whoever it was at the time. And like, it's just how how would you want anybody to live that? If you could, if you could possibly stop anybody. All right, whatever. I'm going on and on. I didn't mean to get into like the anti war thing. Sorry. Did, did he get drafted? Do you, do you know? Do you know who this guy is? Can we find him? Uh, yeah, I know. Who, I know who he is. I'm. I all I know about him, I haven't heard from him in years. Um, I. I guess if you go if you go seeking him out, then you're gonna have to admit you read his letter, though. Yeah, I assume he's still around. Um, but he was. He's always kind of, kind of kept to himself. Uh. And also, I mean, I don't think, from what I understand, he didn't really like talking about the war. So. Oh, true. I guess, yeah, there's no, you have to A, admit he read the letter and then B, be like, oh, no, I'm not here to talk about the only reason I know you exist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My great grandfather was like that. He never talked about the war. He's in World War II. Mm. Never talked to anyone, not even his wife. Nothing. 
which means he saw some shit. Yeah. Well, I've talked to two kids. I've talked to multiple kids, maybe three kids. Like I was friends with a few kids who were in Afghanistan. Uh huh. And all three of them talked openly about it. Wow. One was like a mess, miserable talking about it. It was like therapy for him. Uh, the other two kids like bragging <laughs> about the shit they did over there. Wow. It was, yeah, they're psychotic. Like two absolute psychopaths. Well, I mean, we, we do need people like that. Yeah, agreed. And there is, uh, I mean, there is probably one or two or a lot psychotics that do join the military. Yeah. They, and they may be great soldiers. Yeah. So there, there is something to be said about that. Yeah. I guess those people who are willingly signing up, it's like, I mean, good for them, yeah, it's right? Much, it's much different. Yeah. It's got much different when you. Than like your father's friend who may have been drafted. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I mean, I guess he was drafted. I don't see how I want to do that. I don't think he'd want to sign up for that. No. But imagine a fucking draft. Ugh. S- sitting Look. here, like, worried about who your football team is going to take as like their franchise quarterback you're, you're sitting there in the 60s like i might have to get on a plane in two days yeah and the country i've never been to before just to get shot at yeah but i'm going somewhere where they do not want me questionable motivation for sending people like me over there right well yeah all right that's not that now we're a, now we're a hippie a hippie podcast whatever man Make love, not war, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I'll do it for the Monday night show. Ant, what do you think? I think uh, I think we emptied the tank. Yeah, for sure. Stick around for the post show. We'll talk a little baseball real quick, I'm sure. But uh, other than that, thanks for spending the time with us. Have a great fucking week. We will talk to you uh, later on on Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you. Talk to you later. Well, where do we start, Ant? Where do we start? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Mets, and, Mets and Braves put a doubleheader today. All right. There you Braves go. Braves keep shooting themselves in the foot. That's what they do. That's what the Braves do. Braves got to show me a little something. They're like the giving them the standing eight count. Didn't they got to hit them without Acuna to uh... – no. And they got good players. I just want to see someone challenge the Mets. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd like to see a race, especially with a team who's like six, seven games over 500. I, I just want to see – I'm rooting for the Phillies, really, because they're – I mean, I picked them as an over. Selfish reasons. Selfish. That's purely selfish. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we'll move, we'll move to the Yanks, I guess. I guess. Are you uh, dead inside yet? Uh, yeah, you know, you know what did it <laughs> on the heels of. I, mean, I have like ten different guesses, and none of them might be right. On the heels of the performance this weekend, all right. So, like, first of all, you go in there with like a decimated team, uh, 
and you blow the first game, Chad Green fucks it up in the worst way. I'll, I'll even go as far to say as uh, Aaron Boone fucked it up by not sticking with uh, Sessa there, which mm-hmm. sounds insane, but I'm sticking with it because Green was awful and should have been out of circle of trust a long time ago, which we called on the show. So outside of that, um, you know, there was a little comeback on Saturday. That was nice. Give us a chance at a, a, a split come Sunday. And then Sunday, the no-hitter that just kind of, as soon as I even texted you yesterday, said once the pen comes in, this game's over. There's no way to hold on to it. Uh, and it would have been nice if they did because then you could kind of get a feeling like, look, they took a punch. They had, a, they had a, one of the worst losses that you can imagine, which is a, a Yankee team that this season has a handful of games that's like, one of the worst losses of the year. It was like five or six of those already. In the past month. Yeah. It's, been less, it's been less than a month since that Angels game, which started it. Yeah. Uh, it's, all of that happens. And I'm still in, I still want to see changes that maybe doesn't help this year, but the roster needs complete, you know, it needs to be fixed top to bottom. Every, every position needs to be addressed, you know, whether you stick with this guy or not whether you bring somebody else in or not, you need you have certain needs. And then it comes out today that the big trade target is going to be Trevor Story, which – do we need to upgrade at shortstop? Sure. But do we, but we, need, we need another righty bat in this lineup. Like I need a fucking cock coming out of my ear. <laughs> it's, it, it's just the most – it is the most uninspiring trade idea you could have fucking told me. Um, before I get on the Yankees, Andrew McCutcheon three-run walk-off for the Phillies. So that over five three, good. down five three, heading into the ninth. Uh, must have been Brad Hand who gave it up. We can thank him on the show real quick. Oh, good it was Brad you. Hand. Brad Hand. So Phillies move to a game over five hundred. Chance to bury the Nats this week. Um, yeah, with the Yanks, it's just I'm numb, man. It. it the losses don't even leave a mark anymore. Like I'm, I'm mad in the moment and I'm, I'm bummed out in the moment, but it's like, I had a funeral for this team a month ago and nothing has changed. It's, it's, it's bad when the losses don't even, it's bad when you lose three out of four to the Red Sox in the game you lost with your ace on the mound after we knocked out their starter in the second inning isn't even, <laughs> like on the radar for bad losses. <laughs> yeah. Like that should be a horrendous loss. Yeah. They knocked out Eduardo Rodriguez in the set, second inning. They had second and third, nobody out, and they didn't get score a run going forward. Got blanked by the Red Sox, you know, Penn. Cole gets, you know, dinged up by Devers, and that loss isn't even – people aren't going to remember that game at all. They remember Thursday with Green. They're going to remember yesterday with Wiseka. Yeah. Um, and they're going to continue to show you glimpses of light. Like, that's just how they are. They're going to they're gonna have it where, you know, they, they put together three or four games in a row that they win, and they're going to throw in the horrendous losses that are going to remind you why they're not going anywhere. What hurts, this, what hurts me this much is that it was with, like, half the AAA team, and I just love, a story, I just love that kind of story where here's the guys, next guy's up, actually finding a way i know it's not like they're hitting the cover off the bar or anything yeah but they, 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 just to find a way that's like 
one of those things that maybe lights a fire under the rest of the guys, you know, outside of Stanton, who, I mean, that guy is like a match that is, you know, in a puddle. That it's, guy is atrocious. He is so bad. It's, it's just, it's his at-bats uh, leave a little bit to be desired. Oh, he has the worst at-bats in the world. He yeah. is atrocious, just guessing constantly. He's jittery up there. He gets up there, it's like he's on Adderall, just chipping, and pitch comes in, and, he's, <laughs> and he has no idea where it's going. And he's just swinging wildly, blindly. Just guessing, yeah, just yeah. guessing. It'd be like if we went up there and tried to face Major League Pitching. It's like, I'm just going to swing as hard as I can and hope it's down the middle. Yeah. That's I mean, it. Yeah. It's like he's guessing. That, they're throwing wiffle ball pitches to him, basically. Yeah. And I, and I know the Yanks showed fight on Saturday. Yeah. Which was a nice rally there, which Stanton was actually in the middle. Gardner, great at bat. Nice uh, bloops. Yeah, Odor with the big one off the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is the wrong time to say this, but the that rally yesterday in the eighth inning by the Red Sox yeah. is everything you want the Yankees lineup to be. Like it was it was, you know, singles, doubles, they get guys in scoring position down and it's four to three, RBI ground out. Which we'll get. I'll get into Boone's just managing in the eighth inning because I mean it was horrendous. Oh. But, you know, RBI ground out by Pulecki, sack fly by Bo- Bogarts, Kike, one of those guys. It was Bogart, Whatever. The yeah. point is, it didn't matter who it was because you know they were going to put the ball in play and get it done. Um, and like that's what you want the Yankees lineup to be. Most of the time, I know Saturday, uh, you know, exclude excludes excluded Saturday, but. The Yankees, you know, lineup when they go down three or four runs, that's it. Like when they went down Friday night, when Cole finally gave it up in the in the fifth inning, they go down three to one. Like that was it. It was over. Mm-hmm. With the Red Sox, even you saw it tonight with the Red Sox. I just put on MLB Network. They were down four oh. three going into the eighth, and Verdugo hit a two run dinger dead center. And by the way, can I just say this because I was watching the Red Sox game before too, and they had the shift on for him, and he hit one right where the shortstop was. I don't know the advanced stats on Verdugo. I don't know his splits, but it seems like uh, shifting against that guy doesn't work. Every hit I've ever seen the guy get has been opposite field. So could somebody please just show me the splits that say Alex Verdugo is pull happy? Because I just <laughs> I don't see it. The closest I've seen him come to pull a ball was just now he had a home run in the center field. Enough with the fucking shift on every single guy. Maybe I saw the Red Sox cheating these days. Maybe they're getting into the into the computers of their opponents and changing the scouting reports. Ooh, could be. Like this Alex Verdugo, he just rolls over ground balls to the right <laughs> side. They just changed, they they changed uh, Alex Verdugo with uh, like a I don't know shit. I try to think of a guy who used to do that a lot. They're hacking into the Yankees. Uh... Whatever system. And make heads. He's, he's, got, he's got the Brett Gardner. Uh, he the Brett Gardner. Uh, Stat uh, line. Thank you, yeah. Fucking, <laughs> hey, man. Can't even joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then with Boone, it's just, you know, it's not his fault <sighs> that John Carl Stanton can't hit a fastball. And, you know, Thursday night, Chad Green just has to do his job and we're not talking about Boone. And, you know, you could say the same thing yesterday. The problem with Boone is 
The uh, only thing left that a ma- major league manager has full control over these days is managing the bullpen. That's really it because by the sound of things, they don't make the lineup. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of say in anything. Yep. The last thing that a major league manager has full control over is managing the bullpen because you got to do it fast, you know. Mm-hmm. You could argue that, you know, the manager or the head coach – in baseball is probably least important of the four major sports. You know, football, you have a lot more to do. Basketball, you're doing rotation. You could sit there as a man. Like yesterday, Boone didn't have to do anything for seven innings. Mm-hmm. I may as well have been the manager for the first seven innings yesterday. Yeah. Just, but yeah, late in games, late in games, you're going to have some decisions to make. And the game, for people who are in over their head, and this could be a manager, this could be a great player or an average player, the game speeds up. Yep. Okay. And then the game just gets too fucking fast for Boone, man. In these late, and, and it happened back like his first day, like his first week on the job when he left Jonathan Albaladejo in too long. Was that <laughs> Albaladejo who gave up like seven straight hits in Fenway that time? <laughs> Sounds about right. That, and he's like, he hasn't learned his lesson because Loisaga was allowed to face four batters. Should have only been three. It's a three batter minimum. Yep. You know what I mean? Like the game just gets too fast and he doesn't. He just doesn't uh, – you know, everyone's got a plan. Every manager has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. It's like a boxer. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do on the fly. There's no thinking. There's just – there's no thinking. There, that's period. I don't even know why I need to elaborate on that point. There's no thinking. Like, there, he doesn't, like, understand no simple no concepts no like setting up a double play. No anticipation. No, like not knowing what pitcher to use in what spot. Like, if you need a strikeout, go with this guy. If you're pitching towards contact or you need a double play, go this guy. It's mm-hmm. it's even Thursday night when they lost in extras. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like obviously Bruce, Brooks Krisky is urinating all over himself. It was to, to borrow that, a great line from Chris Mad Dog Russo, urinating was, all over himself. That was painful to watch. It was it was yes, pathetic. Now once he faces two bad, he actually got a strikeout on one of the guys. Mm-hmm. There's runner on third, one out. Justin Wilson's warming. And I can't believe I'm going to call for Justin Wilson. But, like, the smart move, maneuver there is to have Krisky, because he's just – you don't want him facing any more guys. Yeah. Walking whoever was up – I think it was – was it Bogarts? I don't know. I think it was Bogarts. So, walk Bogarts, and you don't want to have to face Devers, but you bring the lefty in Wilson, and, the, you know, the double plays there. Like, that would be the simple maneuver. And he fucked us up earlier in the year in Baltimore when Cedric Mullins, the Orioles' best only good hitter, is up. It was the same scenario. It was runner on third, one out, and I thought it was automatic to walk Mullins, and he didn't walk Mullins there. So it was like there's certain simple concepts that, like, you've been taught. Not even necessarily taught, but you've just learned watching yeah. baseball for years. Yeah, like he just doesn't grasp. Normal, everyday strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then yesterday, I mean, and then yesterday, Thursday, I could give Boone a semi pass because Green needs to get Kike Hernandez out. Yeah. And then I, we're not talking about. Oh it. yeah, for sure. I yeah, I, when I rip Boone for that, it's all kind of like just my normal feelings about Boone being projected on something that Green did. But Green's got to be better. I was, but also get, fuck, get Kike Hernandez out. I mean, as simple as that. Get also, Kike Hernandez out. Fuck Chad Green. I wouldn't put him in there either. Fucking trust him, and I, I also also because we don't have a closer, and you got a guy that 
roles to running, I can't, I'd like to say with a hot hand, but people don't do that. Nobody does that. So, I mean, I can't argue with him there. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, it's Louis Cessna. Like, it's not like I'd ever say that he should be in the game anyway. It was just, he had, a, I mean, I just, I just called for Justin Wilson. So, I mean, yeah. it's, he's got to do some dirt. And it, listen, Justin Wilson would have absolutely blown it. I just feel like he gave you a better option than Chris. <laughs> Justin Wilson definitely doesn't get the job done there. But I mean, right. he, who'd you have more hope in him? As a fucking guy who's like, just set the record for wild pitches in an inning, it's a no. It's a no brainer. Like you want to get that guy out as soon as possible. You would think. Yeah. And then yesterday was, I mean, a million times worse for Boone because there's no defending Boone in Sunday afternoon's game. It was just dreadful, and not for nothing. And I, I, I mean, Cora is unbelievable. Like you see the difference he makes, and he just manages circles around Boone. One thing I'll say about Cora. Taking Evaldi out Saturday was equally as dumb to some of the things that Boone has done this year. <laughs> Evaldi could have thrown 12 innings Saturday. We weren't touching him. Yeah, you're right. It was nice to get to Adivino, though. It was awesome, that. yeah. It was awesome to get to really? Adivino. I mean, if you ask any Yankee fan, you know, we'll take Evaldi out right now. You get to face Adam Adivino. Like, everyone's signing for that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what Cora was thinking there. Um, but, yeah, then Sunday – yeah, Sunday Boone, that was his uh, – another masterpiece, man. Another Picasso. Another Jackson Pollock. Is Jackson Pollock the one where it's all splattered? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what Boone did. There was a Jackson Pollock, only it was Boone's shit all over the field. Because, I mean, taking Herman out when he got a no-hitter and he gives up the double, and then just leaving Lewisga out there to die, and then needing strikeouts and bringing in Britain – it was just backwards managing. It was it was negligence. It was gross managerial negligence, and uh, nothing's going to change because they're only two games back in the loss column, the second wild card. So we're in it. <laughs> what, what what is your thinking, about Herman? There, because uh, they kept talking about the pitch count, and you know he hasn't been stretched out this much. But at the same time, this is a game you desperately need, and he might be your best chance. Like, what can we fucking get past? protecting everybody from getting fucking hurt. Like, I know there's a certain point that you have to. We had, like, 94 pitches. He's a professional. Let him fucking go. Well, I have two stances. One, I'm leaving Herman in for at least another batter. I got to see him give up another one. It's the okay. bottom of the order. Let him pitch. Yeah. I mean, listen, we just watched the fucking World Series when Kevin Cash did the same exact thing. Yeah. He had Blake Snell, who was cruising, pitching a no-hitter, and someone – singled off of him, I think it was. He gave, up, he gave up a harmless single and pulled him out of the game. Couldn't wait to Why? Because Blake, because Blake's – yeah, Blake Snell was a five-inning pitcher, so he wasn't used to, you know, going <sighs> deep in the games. But you got to trust your eyes at some point. My eyes are telling me Herman gives me the best chance to win. Yes. Now, there is a second thing to this, because I think Herman still had a short leash because uh -huh. of the pitch count and just, you know, you got to you, – I mean, you got to be careful late in games. You don't want to leave your starter out there to die. Of course, The yeah. second half to this argument is why is Loisica, who just came off the fucking Gobert injured list, why is he – why is he just pitched Saturday and he, he was a little shaky there. Why is he the first man up yeah. out of the bullpen when you have arrested Britain? Yep. You have arrested Green, who I guess Boone just was gun-shy probably about putting Green in there. Yep. But you have arrested Britain. I'm not sure why Johnny Lasagna was your first 
guy out of the pen there and then just sticking with him and running him into the ground. I mean, well, did, the, it definitely the game just gets fast. This didn't have it at all, yeah. No, he was getting hammered. There's, there's no blooper in there. He was getting hammered. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. And then not bringing the infield in all the way. Um, yeah. Tying run. And he, it, you know what I don't like about it is him second-guessing himself after the game. Oh, showing oh, such man, weakness. I, well, I thought about it, but I thought against it. Well, it didn't fucking work. So why are you talking about it? Why – you know, defend your fucking move. Don't sit there and be like, well, nah, you know, it didn't work out. I thought about it. I didn't do it. Well. He said it was debatable, right? Is that what he said? Well, I mean, it's – I don't know his exact words. It's just annoying when he has something to say about a move that didn't work. Uh, that would have been, you know. Or what you it's fucking, that's plate. fucking gay. That's what it is. When you sit in there being like, well, that's the one move where, yeah, it's debatable. Like, that's just not a leader. That is not oh, a leader. For, oh, furthest thing, no. It, the, the book is closed on his leadership ability. Yeah, I mean, but no. It's, you're just adding to the, to the bullet points of why he's shut. not. Yeah, I did see the second guest, and the second guest thing bothered me because you gotta like stand by, you gotta stand by your moves, or or come out and just say it was a mistake. That would even be even better. Be like, I fucked up. Yeah, the infield should have been in there. Don't yeah, like say good. like, well, it's fifty fifty, really. He knows his head's in the chopping block. Like obviously, it's fifty fifty. You have two decisions to make, asshole. Like obviously, it's a, all these moves are debatable. Yeah. You're yeah. the manager. You're supposed to make the right ones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're there for. Christ's sake. Bullpen and uh, – Bullpen. And this is the problem, man. This is the problem with Cashman's thinking. And this is why I want Cashman out. Like, I, I, you see the trade he made for this guy, Clay Holmes? Is that yeah. his name? I don't – yeah. The career five-something ERA. Like, I just – I mean, the odds are the guys they traded probably aren't going to be any good, but I'm just – Knock on wood when I say that. I don't understand the point of it, though. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Sending a message to Krisky. I think I read something that the two guys he traded were eligible to be free agent, minor league free agents after this year, well, which I didn't even know existed. Well, that's a great job by you then. Way to get your bang for your buck. I thought you just kind of just stayed in the same farm system for 20 years if – you never went anywhere. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. Well, apparently there's minor league free agents, and that's why Cashman <laughs> did this. We traded for Clay Holmes, who I've seen Pirates fans on Twitter say that his arm's like hanging out by a thread. <laughs> I'm telling you, he sent a message to Krisky. No, like we have a lot of guys who can walk, who can uh, wild pitch 11 runs in if we really wanted to. Yeah. Ooh, Taylor Rogers, who was a hot commodity at the trade deadline, just walked off the mound. He's hurt. Twins oh. guy. Didn't look good. Looked like an arm thing. Um, yeah, he's sending a message to Krisky. It's amazing how these guys get put in the biggest of spots. Just this week, Nick Nelson was, a, was almost blew it in the eighth. Or he may, he may have blown it in the eighth inning against the Phillies. He yeah. gets optioned. Krisky blows one Thursday and gets optioned. It's like why are why are we going down with our uh, our what was it called the spring squad what was, <laughs> what was it called when there was no minor league not the taxi squad but it was something it was like the spring trip alt yeah I forget exactly what it is like why are we going down with these guys 
who are scrimmaging each other when the real ball players are playing. I don't know, man. And this is the one thing Cashman did not account for. You know, he fucked up. It's why I want him going. He fucked up, and he thought that he's basically telling you that anyone could manage a baseball team. And, you know, there are a lot of instances where there is some truth to that, where the manager doesn't have to do a whole lot lot of shit. But he just – there are decisions throughout a baseball game in the biggest spots where it's the manager who has to make a decision. Yeah. I mean, he can go to his guys around him for input or whatnot, but it's him who's making the decision. So Cashman might be able to think he can play God from the – from the skybox or play from you know play God from his corner office, but he can't. You can't. The you know what I mean. Unless you're in the dugout, unless you're in the dugout, there's only so much you can control, Brian. All right. <laughs> Simple you know, as that. You know, like this team does not have the personnel that does not need to be coached. Like they need to be held accountable. The Sanchez's and the judges and the Stantons. And oh yeah. Blavers. They need to be held accountable. Like this isn't. I mean, we do this all the time, but it's, it's not like the 90s teams where those guys held each other accountable. And Tori didn't really have to do that much. Like, right, Tori was the perfect manager and he for, did, that, he for did that team. Do, he did do some, but, I mean, Jeter held himself accountable and Bernie held himself accountable and Paul O'Neill held himself and every umpire accountable. You know what I mean? They had yeah. all these guys on the team that were true professionals to where you had to worry about them taking a day off mentally. You know what I mean? This team right, like a manager like Girardi wouldn't have worked with the 90s team. They needed a laid well, back. Well, it, it depends because sometimes the team also helps make the manager. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he wouldn't have succeeded. He would have to kind of adapt to the personnel he had. You know what I mean? Yeah. He couldn't, right. He couldn't do it as hyped up as he might want to do it. Um, I don't know if he has the ability to change that much, but <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty set in his ways. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. He's he's a, a good enough manager for me to say he maybe he could have found a way. But you're right. Yeah. Tori was the perfect guy for that squad at that time. It was a veteran team with uh, you know, with a few younger guys on it that just happened to be class act of uh they carried themselves like veterans for 22 23 24 25 right. year olds exactly yeah yeah that is very rare very rare right made his job easier right on the other hand i don't think they're blasting new york new york in fenway park after one in one game if joe torres the manager or george Roy is the manager yeah that's a that's a good hypothetical i don't i don't know if that's happening, if Girardi's the manager, that's a good question. I don't think I don't Tori can answer that. I don't think Tori lets it happen either. I think Tori. Yeah. Says, I think Tori says no. This is one game. Like we don't. This is not. We didn't do anything yet. Like you know, we split here. We did what we had to do. Let's go defend our home home field. Right. Remember and what time the Girardi, game starts? Yeah. Girardi might break the boombox. Girardi <laughs> <He> might. <laughs> and um, I just. I mean. And also Jeter wouldn't this, have either. No, true, that's true. Jeter, Posada, like those guys, yeah. The, Torrey was lucky enough to have like leaders, multiple yeah. leaders on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the 96 team. I mean, it Winners. was just loaded. Yeah. Winners. And, and in, this, in this team, I mean, they have the same amount 
of runs scored at the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, when you say it like that. Seattle Mariners, who have been no hit like seven times this year, have, <laughs> have more runs than the Yankees. That's you know the Ari- the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are thirty one and seventy. They lost. They've like- literally they've literally lost seventy percent of their games. Have eleven more runs than the Yankees. They lost like nineteen games in a row on the road, right? Yeah, they're one of the worst teams that like we've seen in the last five years. So just keep that in perspective. I mean, this team is just in the worst. I mean, it's the worst. The second wild card. I hate the second wild card. Yeah, no, it's not a goal to have. I mean, how do you? It's right. Like so their wh- best case scenario right now, if you want, this is this is a glass half full approach. Believe it or not, <laughs> your best case scenario if you're a Yankee fan right now, and I'm not ruling it out because they they could get the second wild card. I mean, Oakland, mm-hmm. Toronto, Seattle. I mean. You know, and you're going to be playing these teams. They have a big series with uh, with Seattle. I think they have like a four gamer with Seattle, at the beginning of August, and you and obviously you have games with Toronto. But like your best case scenario, if you're a Yankee fan, is you're sitting there Tuesday night, Wednesday night, October first, at Fenway or at Tampa. That's the that's the like you'd sign for that right now, even though they'd probably get their doors fucking blown off or no it wouldn't even be that easy they it would be like a horrific loss probably they wouldn't give you like a 7-2 like loss it would probably be something just excruciating but if you are a Yankee <laughs> fan right now think about that think about like this World Series or bus team for the last four years your best case scenario this year is traveling to Fenway or Tampa for a one-game playoff Oof. is there anything better they're, they're not catching either of those teams so that's it. That's your best case. Yeah, man. It's ugly. It's ugly. Second wild card is like, you know, you got your ace has been hurt all year and you're kind of fighting. You got a scrappy group and your, your rotation has been glued together with like sticks and moss and whatever you could find laying around. And then you're getting your ace back and like, mid-September, and you're like, look, let's get that second wild card. We'll see what we can do. We get, we're getting we're whole now. It shouldn't be like teams been healthy most of the year. Yeah. You know, like, let's, let's go. Let's get in there. Let's get that second wild card and make, make magic happen. Yeah, you're basically the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. But that's it. Second wild card or bust. It was World Series or bust. Uh, Not second wild card or burst. That's it. Trevor Story, here he comes. Yep, savior. How, Trevor Savior. I mean, how is that the move? There's got to be like four moves. And I'm not one of these people that calls for trades and shit all the time. But there's got to be multiple moves here. And Trevor Story sliding in to solidify the, the, the infield while not terrible doesn't really address any of your needs. It addresses zero of your needs, actually. Well, it, 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 the one thing is I think he's a good defensive shortstop, so it addresses that. Yeah, an upgraded short is nice, but you have a shortstop who uh, he's, not, he's not your shortstop of the future, I don't think, but 
we have so many other needs right now. That's like, it seems like a cosmetic one that maybe it's because stories available now, which I guess is why you do it. But well, I also heard he's not willing to sign an extension wherever he goes. So right there, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I would stay away from story personally. Yeah, I don't, yeah. He's been hurt too. He's not hitting like he used to hit. Yeah, he doesn't appeal to me really. Does nothing for me. No. Keep story. Yeah. Long story short, keep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh well, I gotta mention. Uh, everybody in the Dodgers hate Trevor Bauer. Apparently, don't nobody wants him back. Yeah, I've heard rumblings he's not coming back. So did, did they already hate him, or was it just this was? I think it was they tolerated him. And then they're like, well, shit, he's a lot worse than we really thought. That's what it sounded like. Because they were showing, like, quotes from Mookie uh, at the beginning of the season. Like, oh, he's a weird guy. But, you know, you take it, uh, you know, because he produces. That's kind of saying, like, yeah, I I know he's a dick. But if he's going to go out there and have a 2.3 ERA or whatever. Right, of course. Um, But if you have a 2.3 ERA and, you know, you're beating girls up and shit, then uh, it's not going to fly. So, it just goes to show you, just don't be an asshole. See, Bill Cosby, always nice, rapes six dozen women. People still love him. Trevor Bauer, always an asshole, fucks up one girl. Rape or not rape, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. Nobody wants to be anywhere near him. Right. Good luck having Felicia Rashad tweet about your innocence. Charisma, charisma goes a long way. Yep. All right. Well, we got anything else, Ant? I think that'll do it. All right. I'll get it out. All right. We'll uh, talk to you later on, all right? All right. See you.